Good morning. Uh, today's daf is daf Chof Aleph. We got up to the first line of Chof Aleph um, at the top of 21a. Um, so the Gemara is carrying on analyzing the Mishnah. Just remember the Mishnah start off famous Mishnah. What are the wicks you're allowed to use for your Hanukkah candles, for your, for your Shabbos candles? And what are the wicks you're not allowed to, and what are the oil, fuels, what are the, what are the wicks you're not allowed to use and what are the fuels you're not allowed to use? So it says, The we learned in a brace of these that we said you're not allowed to light with them. Are these wicks or fuels on Shabbos? You're not allowed. That's for the candles, but you can use them for a fire. Whether you're using the fire for warmth or whether you're using the fire for light. Remember, they would light in their fireplace. They would light a fire and that would be for warmth or for light. That's fine. Um, whether you're lighting straight on the ground or whether you're lighting in a stove. The only issue is to make wicks for your candles. And again, um, what's the difference? Because remember the weakness, well, we're actually going to see it coming up. But the weakness, the problem with these lights is that they're not, um, the, the wicks that we discuss is they don't draw the oil properly. So they might go out or they might be dim and you want to re-tilt uh, them to get a better light. We'll see this in a coming up sugya. Therefore, but if it's a proper fire, if it flickers or goes in or out, the different pieces of different parts of the fire will just reignite it. So you just leave it. You light the fire and you leave it. So it's below Bashem and kick. Um, then we mentioned you're not allowed to use shem and kick. My shem and kick. What is shem and kick? So as a fuel. So Amr Shmuel. Chilsin and Lachol Nachuse Yama. For Amr Li, am I asked all the sailors? And this is what they told me. Oif Echad Yesh BeKrichei Hayam VeKik Shmo. There's this bird overseas that's called a kick. And Yitzchak and they would obviously I don't know make uh, use the smelt from that bird as a fuel. Rav Yehuda Breder Rav Yehuda Amr Rav Yehuda Breder Rav Yehuda said. Moshcha de Kaza, it's cotton seed oil. Reish Lokish Omar, Kikyon de Yoina. Reish Lokish says it's the Kikyon of Yoina. You know the famous story of Yona, um, no, that's the, the prophet who was followed by the fish. So later on in the Sefer, he was sitting under a tree. He was sitting there and a tree grew over to provide shade for him. So that's the Kikyon, that tree. The Kikyon that we refer to, this Shemin Kik is from that tree. And Omar Abba Bachana le Didi Chazili Kikyon de Yona. I've seen a Kikyon de Yona, that tree. Uletsluliva Dami. Umida Pashke Rave. Not so Uletsluliva Dami means, but it was, it grows a... It grows from the moisture near ponds. And people would hang it by the entrance of their shop to provide shade. It seems it has very thick, uh, good leaves for shade. And from its kernels they make oil. That would be the oil that we're discussing here. And all the sick of Eretz Yisrael lie under it. It seems it's a very... Uh, Shady, luscious shade that uh, people would like to, that's very pleasant to be under. Omar Rabbi says, Why are you not allowed to use these wicks on Shabbos? Why do Chazal say you're not allowed to use them? Because the light catches. It seems at uh, different explanations, but it flickers or stutters. Or it uh, flickers or stutters, or it doesn't catch or absorb the oil into the wick properly. So that's why you're not allowed to use those wicks. 
Um, interesting in Masachseches is from the same um, language of if a knife has a nick, it's Masachseches, it catches. So the wick, the, the flame doesn't catch properly. Isn't, uh, if I remember correctly, what, sorry, what did Rashi say? Yeah. The oils that Chazal said you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to light with them is because they don't draw the oil well. Rashi explains what's the concern if it doesn't draw the oil well, so the flame's going to be quite dim mostly, and then you might come to tilt it on Shabbos to get like to try get the oil into it better or to, to the wick better and that will cause the flame to grow but that's also mavir that's um, causing the uh, any time you increase the fire that's one of the 39 malachas of mavir lighting a fire so that would be the property very interestingly in Tosos Yashonim that's brought in the margin he brings he says very van perish this that we said above you go after the wick the concern is not Sorry, that the oil is not drawn well into the wick. The concern is not that you'll come to tilt it. And might go out. And there won't be shalom bias. I don't know if you remember at the beginning of yesterday, or at the beginning of the parak, I mentioned the three reasons why we light Shabbos candles. And one of them is shalom bias, so that there's harmony in the house when there's nice light and people aren't bumping into each other or bumping into things. It just makes the ambience, the ambience better and everyone's, and there'll be more shalom bias. So he says, our concern with these wicks is not, uh, the concern is not that you'll come to tiltage. Our concern is that it will go out and then you're missing shalom bias. So that's uh, how the refund learns. Um, yeah. Abaya asked Rabbish, These oils that Chazal said we're not allowed to use to light with on Shabbos. Can you put in some oil and light them? And now, if you put proper, let's say olive oil, a good oil into them, then it will burn nicely. Even though it's a mixture. Do we say there's a Xayra you might come to light that? fuel alone or not I granted you're not allowed to use um, any of these items that say shaman kick so you're not allowed to use shaman kick if you add oil a little bit of olive oil to the shaman kick so now it will burn nicely it will burn properly are you allowed to use that that's his question so Amalei no, you're not allowed to light it because you're not allowed to light it. I, there's a Xayra that you're not allowed to. So not only are you not allowed to light with any of these fuels stand alone. I, the whole list, uh, Zephyr, Shava, Shemin Kik, Shemin Shreifu, etc. All those items, you're not allowed to burn with them stand alone, but you're also not allowed to use them in a mixture to light Shabbos candles with them. Asibe, they challenge this. Says, Krach dover shemadlikin bo algave dover, Krach dover shemadlikin bo algave dover shemadlikin bo. You're allowed to wrap something that um, you can light with around something that you're not allowed to light with. Oh, sorry, are you allowed to? So, again, are you allowed to take one of these 
um, wicks that you're allowed to use and wrap it around a substance that you're not allowed to use as a wick. So the one opinion says, Ein madli kimbo. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel Omar Shepais Abba Hoyu Korchin Psila Al Gave Egol Zumadlikin. The first opinion says, No, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to wrap a, let's call it a kosher wick, around a non kosher wick. You know, by the, the phrase kosher and kosher, I just mean is it one that the Chazal say you're allowed to use or not allowed to use. But you take a, so you take a, um, what's a good wick? A cotton or flat. Uh, um, linen and wrap it around any of these uh, wicks that we said you're not allowed to use. So um, the one opinion, the first opinion says you are allowed and Rabbi Shimon Gamil says we have a Masora from our father's household that you can do that. They used to wrap a good wick around a nut, which and a nut's obviously not a, not a good wick. So Katani Miyaz Madlikin, we see that according to Rabbi Shimon Gamil, you are allowed to light a mixture. If you have a mixture, you are allowed to light. Again, here we're discussing a mixture of wicks, and earlier we're discussing a mixture of fuel. But what's the difference? So, Katani, um, so Omar lay at the Moiseves Limi de Rabbi Shimon Gibbon Gamliel Sayatuni Siani Midetana Kama. Granted, you reject, you're challenging me from Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, who says you are allowed to light a mixture. Bring a proof for me from the first opinion, which says you're not allowed to. So Rabbi saying, again, Rabbi came along and said you're not allowed to light with a mixture. They challenged Rabbi bringing a brisa where one opinion says you are and one opinion says you're not. So Rabbi says, just bring a proof for me from the one who says you are. So he says, no, he says, holo kashi. He says, that's not difficult. Master Rav, we have a practice here. What do we mean by a practice? So there are two ways of knowing a halacha. One is you... Learning the Gomorrah, we're having a discussion, we're having a debate, and then we say, okay, I think the halacha is X. Another way of knowing the halacha is you watch what the Rav does. So you see the Rav do that. And in a way, what the Rav does is a better, is clearer, because maybe what he said in Shir or in the Yeshiva when you're having the discussion was theoretical. But if you see in practice that he acts a certain way, well, that's very strong. So therefore, he says, so what was the second phrase? Rabbi Shimon Mungamil says, my family's household used to wrap this kosher wick around the nut. So what do we see? In practice, they used to do that. So that's a stronger proof than some Rav coming along and saying, yeah, I think it's okay. Because that's all theoretical. Um, so that is difficult. On Rabbi. Again, Rabbi said you cannot use a mixture. And we see the practice of Rabbi Shimon Mikamil's family was that you can use it. So the Gomorrah answers, My love, Ladlik. And it seems you can light this mixture. So Rabbi answers, he says, Lola Hakfois. No, we're discussing to float it. What he means is you use the nut, not as part of the wick, but to support the wick so it doesn't sink. And that's what he's saying. It says, my If you're using the nut just to support the wick, then why does the Tanakhama say you can't do that? If you say it's burning both the nut and the wick together as the wick, understand why the Tanakhama says you can't. But if it's just using the wick to su- the nut to support the kosher wick, why can't would the Tanakhama say you can't do that? So the Gemara answers, Kula Rabbi it's actually the whole price is Rabbi Shimon ben Gamil. It's missing a piece, and this is how you learn it. 
Siz karak dovurşa madlikin bo alqabay dovurşa in madlikin bo in madlikin bo If you wrap something that you're allowed to light the candle a wick that you're allowed to use around a wick that you're not allowed to use that's awesome you're not allowed to do that But medvarim amurim lahadlik that's specifically where you're lighting it Aval lahak voice but if it's too supported support the wick Mutar Sherabon Chimam and Gamil Oimer shall base Abohoyu Korchim Silal Kave Ozes Egois as Rabbi Shimam and Gamil says in the name of his father from his father's household that they used to wrap these wicks um, around nuts. So what do we so 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 it comes out as yeah that's the the price is pretty straightforward that you're right you can't mix. Kosher and non-kosher wicks together, or kosher and non-kosher fuel together. But you can use the non-kosher wick, the nut, or something else to hold to support the kosher wick in place. Now the Gemara asks, "Ini, is that true?" V'homer Abruno Amarav Chaylev Muhutach V'Kirvei Davim Dagim Shenimchu Adam Noisen Latocha Shemen Kol Shehu Madlik Chaylev Melted Fat Chaylev and Fish Innards that have melted. Liquefied, a person is allowed to put it into oil, put oil into it, and light it. So, what do we see? Chaylev and Kurvei Dagim are things you're not allowed to use as wick, as, as fuel, yet we see if you mix in oil, you are allowed to use it. So, the Gemara, so he says, Rabbi answers, no, says, no, the difference is, you're not allowed to do it where the oil would not be drawn after the wick by itself, but these, the oil is drawn after the wick by itself. Oh, if that's the case, if uh, and fish in it drawn into the wick well, then why are you not allowed to use them as fuel? Why not? So because Rabbanon al chaylev mahutach mishum chaylev she'ainu mahutach val kirvei dagim shin mochu mishum kirvei kirvei dagim shaloinu mochu. So he says now um, the the rabbis made a decree on melted chaylev, processed chaylev, because you might come to use chaylev that is not processed. And on kirvei dagim, they made a decree that you're not allowed to use kirvei dagim. That have been liquefied because of kirvei dagim that have not. You might come to use kirvei dagim that have not been liquefied. Oh, the ligzul nami chayle mahutach for kirvei dagim shenochu shenosam l'tocha shemim mishum chayle mahutach for kirvei dagim shenmuchu shelo shelo nosam l'tocha shemim. Oh, well then we should make a decree that even if it's melted processed chaylev or dagim that have been liquefied, uh, fish in it that have been liquefied, you should not be allowed to use. Even if you mix in oil, because you might come to use them before you've mixed in oil. So the Gemara answers, no, he go for xayra, for ananakum, for nigz, xayra, xayra. No, that is xayra in itself. And we're going to come and make another xayra on xayra. Obviously not, so therefore it's fine. So just to analyze the three steps of this xayra that we've come out from this brisa, uh, Not analyze, just to say it out uh, in short. Remember, the primary isur is to use something that will not be, as we learned high up the page, nimshachim achar hapsila. You're not allowed to use these fuels that will not be drawn well into the wick. And as Rashi learned, because you might come to tilt it. And then you're doing mavir. You're doing one of the, you're doing, you're transgressing lighting a fire on Shabbos. That's the concern. That's why you're not allowed to use these fuels. However, what about, and therefore, chaylev and chaylev, and yeah, and then one more halacha before we go on. Um, you're also not allowed to mix these osur fuels 
with permitted fuels. Or Osir wicks with permitted wicks and burn them. You're not allowed to do that on Shabbos either. And then now we mentioned just regarding um, chalev and fish in it. There's three parts. We said firstly, chalev that is not... Um, um, chalev, you're allowed to use a chalev... Sorry, one second. Yeah. Chalev that has been processed or fish in it that have been liquefied, you're allowed, strictly speaking, are good fuels. However, the rabbi said you can't use them because you might come to use um, you might come to use them when they unprocessed, which are not good fuels. However, if you add in some oil, some good fuel, then you are allowed to use them. But that's again because it's so far removed. You're allowed to use chalev that is being processed with oil in it, and the concern would be that you might come to use chalev that is melted without oil, which again is still good, but it's exactly like that you might come to use. Um, um, things which are not good fuel. No, 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 no. Don't you want to go find your mom? Sorry about that. Um, my, my morning visit. Um, okay. Carrying on, I'm on the fifth wide line at the bottom of Chof Aleph 21a. Tony Rami Bar Chama, Psilos Ushmonish Omru Chachomim, Aimad Likim Bohem Beshabas, Aimad Likim Bohem Bemigdash. Rami Bar Chama says these wicks and oils that we said you're not allowed to use on Shabbos, you're also not allowed to use them in the base of Migdash. Mishum Shenemar, as the Possek says, Lahalois Ner Tomid, to have it to light up an eternal candle. Who Tani who Omri he explained the drosh. He says, You need to have a flame that goes up by itself. Again, we translate it as light eternal or a, a candle that should be eternally a light. But it's a strange language, lahalos. So he says, it must go up by itself. And not a flame that will need to be, um, that will need interference. Tanan, we learnt in a Mishnah. Michnesei kohanim umehem neim hoyu mafkim umehen madlikin. They would use the worn-out kohanim's pants and the worn and the kohanim's belts as wicks. This was in the special simchas beis hashoeva. They used to light huge, huge menorahs, and they would use the old pants of the kohanim, which were linen. And the belts of the kahanim, which were wool and linen, as wicks for these huge lamps. Now, the belts of the kahanim were made out of wool and linen. And remember, we learned yesterday, wool is not a kosher wick. So we see that in the Beis Amigdash, they would use wicks that were not uh, kosher for Shabbos. So the Gemara answers, no, Simchas Beis HaShoeva shiny, the Simchas Beis HaShoeva is different. Why? Rashi explains because that's only Dirabonin. And or it doesn't say not, not it doesn't say, but the menorah specifically it says we want this constant flame. And if you want a pure burning standing flame that doesn't need any adjusting or any interference. But by the Simchas basis we don't find that requirement and therefore it's fine. Okay. Toshma the Tanya Rabba Mosma Big Day Kuhuna Shepolu Mafki Mosa Mahemo Yo Isim Silos 
Ah, but we have another bracer which Rabbi Ba'an Mosna brought that the Kohanim's garbs that were worn out, the garments of the Kohanim that were worn out, they would tear them up and use them as wicks for the Beis Amigdash. My love, the Kilayim, and must be even the ones that were Kilayim, even the ones like the belt, which as I said were made of wool and linen. So the Gemara answers, um, says, no, Lord, the puts, we must be referring to the pure linen ones. Again, so we still have, so it seems that we stand with this drosha that in the base of Mikdash, you're not allowed to use wicks that you're not allowed to use on Shabbos, um, and that would be the general principle. Okay, so that would exclude using the Kohen's belt, which is primarily um, wool. Now, the Gomorrah uses this, now this discussion, to springboard into Hanukkah. This is the main discussion of all the laws of Hanukkah that we find throughout, uh, throughout Shas. This is where we find Hanukkah discussed. Um, yeah, interesting, and it's based on the same principle that we've just said. We've given a list of wicks and oils that you're allowed to use on... Uh, and wicks and oils that you're allowed to use... On, you're not allowed to use on Shabbos, and we want to find out if you're allowed to use them on Hanukkah. Now, as we're going to see, the first piece is based on two possibilities, two two points. One is, the first question is, Zokuk law. If the candle goes out, are you obligated to relight it? Okay, if you lit your Hanukkah candles and it goes out, are you obligated to relight your Hanukkah candles? If you say you are obligated to relight your Hanukkah candles, well then, you would not be allowed to uh, use these bad quality wicks and oils because it might go out and you'd be negligent. If you're not obligated to light, relight the Hanukkah candles, right, once you've lit them, you've done the mitzvah, then, um, then it would be fine to use any wicks and oils. And another aspect is, this is regarding Shabbos, are you allowed to use the Hanukkah candles? If you're allowed to use the Hanukkah candles, well then on Shabbos, you have to use good quality wicks and oils because you might come to adjust it. You might decide I'm reading by the Hanukkah candles and you might come to adjust it. If you are not allowed to use the candles, the Hanukkah candles, then on Shabbos, also on Shabbos, you could use any sort of wicks and oils because you can't use it. So if it flickers or anything, you're not going to come to adjust it because you're not using them for light. So those are the two factors. Again, um, during the weekday, the question is, are you obligated to relight it? And on Shabbos, the question is, are you, oblig are you allowed to use them or not? Because if you are allowed to use them, then you would have to use good quality even on Shabbos. So, on the third last line, Omer Avhuna, Tzilos Hushmanim, Sha'amru Chachomim, Ein Malikim Bohem B'Shabbos, Ein Malikim B'Chanukah, Bein B'Shabbos, Bein B'Chol. Ravuna says these wicks and oils that the Chazal said you're not allowed to use on Shabbos, you're also not allowed to use on Chanukah on Shabbos or weekday. So Omar over my time at Rafuna, what's the reason of Rafuna? So cause of Kofsa he holds if it goes out, you're obligated to relight it. So therefore you have to use a good quality one because if it goes out and you, you might forget to relight it or something like that. Umutalishtamishla Rafuna also holds you're allowed to use the light. So therefore on Shabbos, if you're using the Hanukkah light, you might come to adjust it, which would be a Isudoraisa. Ravchizda Omar Madlikim Boembachol Avaloba Shabbos. Rav Chizda says, no, you're allowed to use these wicks on the, during the weekday, but not on Shabbos. He holds, if they go out, you're not allowed to use it. Sorry, if it goes out, you don't have to relight it. Okay, so during the weekday, you can use any wicks and oils. Again, because 
If it goes out, it doesn't matter. It says, However, you're allowed to use the light. You can read by the light of the Hanukkah candles. If that's the case, well then on Shabbos you might be reading by it and come to just it's on Shabbos you have to use good quality wicks and oils. Omar Rabbi Zaira, third opinion. Rabbi Zaira says, Omar Rabbi Masna, Omar Rabbi Zaira, Omar Rav. Some says Rabbi Zaira in the name of Rabbi Masna, some said it was Rabbi Zaira in the name of Rav. He says, No. Let's call it Rav's opinion. These wicks and oils that Chazal said you're not allowed to use on Shabbos, you can use them on Hanukkah during the weekday and on Shabbos. Now, Omar Rabbi Yirmi, Rabbi Yirmi says, My time at Rav, what's the explanation of Rav? Why does he hold you never have, you can always use bad quality wicks for Hanukkah candles, for Hanukkah lights? So, Kosovar, Kov he holds if it goes out, you're not obligated to relight it. Therefore, you can use bad quality because if you forget, if it goes out and you forget to relight it, it doesn't matter. So you can use bad quality ones. And you're not allowed to use the light. You're not allowed to use the Hanukkah lights for anything. Therefore, on Shabbos, if you light with bad quality oils and stuff and wicks, if it flickers, are you going to come to adjust it? No, because you're not reading or doing anything about it anyway, because you're not allowed to use it. It says, um, you know, just before we go further, we're going to just analyze this a little bit further, but um, why should it be also to use the Hanukkah candles? Why should it be also? So three, three opinions. Rashi says, you have to make it heker, clearly distinguished as there for the mitzvah. Remember, in those days, they used to light candles for their light. So if you were reading, but if you had this lamp in your house and you were reading by it, then no one knows that it's for the mitzvah of Hanukkah. But if you have this lamp in your house that no one's using, ah, it must be there for a special reason. It must be there for Hanukkah. That's Rashi's reason. Um, the Rashba gives another reason. He says it's bizzle mitzvah. It's degrading to the mitzvah to use the candles for something else. We're going to touch on that a bit later in the Gomorrah's, I think tomorrow's stuff. Um, and then the Ran says, Zeichel le menorah, he says it's in remembrance of the menorah. Remember the whole miracle of Hanukkah, as we're going to see on the bottom of the page, was the miracle of the oil by the menorah. So we want to remember the menorah, and the menorah obviously you weren't allowed to get benefit from. The menorah was temple property, conscience, so you can't get benefit from it. So so to our menorah on Hanukkah, we don't get benefit from. So those are the three reasons um, given why you would not be allowed to use the Hanukkah light. Now, the rabbis told Abaya the, in the name of Rebumia, what's the reason for Rav? Again, that because you're not required to relight it, and also you're not allowed to use the light. But he didn't accept it. He says, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's the right reason. When Rabin came, from Eretz Yisrael, he, they told before Abai Mishmei the Rebbe Yochanan in the name of Rebbe Yochanan the Kable and Abai accepted it. Omar and he said, "Izakai gemir selashmaisa meikora." If I if I had been merited, I would have learned this from the outset of the whole Gomorrah. But at the end of the day, he learned it. What difference does it make whether he learned the reason today or last year or something? At the end of the day, he learned it. So he says, "Nafkamina le girsadi ankusa." The difference is girsadi ankusa. What you learn when you're younger. What you learn when you're younger gets engraved in your mind to a special degree. 
And therefore he says, if I was merited, I would have learned this when I was young and it would have been engraved in my mind that much better. It's interesting, you see, the firstly, a few points. One is, Abaya didn't accept it. When they said it in the name of Rabbi Yirmiyah, he was hesitant to accept it. When they said it in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, he accepted it. I think Rabbi Yirmiyah was a contemporary, so therefore he wasn't as trustworthy of it. Rabbi Yochanan was one of the Gedolei, um, one of the greatest Amoraim from the earliest, earliest generation of the Amoraim. So therefore he was uh, much greater and he accepted it in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Um, a second point is, we see the value placed on one halacha, one small halacha, the explanation of Rav's teaching. He says, I wish I learned it when I was younger, because w- it would have been engraved in my heart better. Okay, carrying on, we mentioned, according to Rabbi Yochanan, let's say, well, according to Rav, the opinion we said, if it goes out, you're not obligated to relight it. Very mean when they challenge this. Mitzvah, the Bryce says, Mitzvah, the mitzvah of Hanukkah candles is that they are a light from when the sun goes down until everyone's left the marketplace. My love, the ekov, so That sounds like if it goes out, you have to relight it. Because what was it saying? The mitzvah is from sunset till everyone's left the marketplace. So let's say, I mean, we generally said it's about half an hour. So if it goes out in that half an hour, you have to relight it. So it's a light for that time. So Moses says, no, not as a loy, the ila adlik, madlik. It could mean that if you haven't lit in it, you still have the mitzvah to relight. V'inami l'shi'ura, or alternatively, it's how long it must burn for. I, um, that's not telling us when you light and that it must be a light for that time. It's telling us that that's when you should lie. Sorry, the first one, not, not telling us when you should lie, it's telling us, it's either telling us that if you haven't litten, you have that half an hour period to relight. And it also, on the other hand, tells us that if you haven't litten, or it could be telling us that that's how long it must burn for. So that's, uh, we got no proof that it actually has to burn for half an hour. It just has to be, well, we, we pasken that it has to be able to burn for half an hour. If it goes out, we say it's a good thing to relight it, but you don't have to. Um, and, but what we do learn from here, there's two possibilities what this Gomorrah means. That you only have from sunset, there's two possibilities of what Mishatishka Chama means. It either means from sunset or basically dark when the sun's gone. We'll discuss in a few, in a, in a few daf, we're going to learn about Shkia and the different types of Shkia, so I'm going to leave it for there. But just most of the Rishonim learn this is basic, basically nightfall. The mitzvah of Hanukkah candles is to light at nightfall till Tichlaregom in Ashuk, till everyone's left the marketplace. Um, we say that's about half an hour. It says, what happens if you don't light at nightfall? So that's what he's saying. To Elo Adlik, Madlik, you still have a chance to light for the next few minutes. Till everyone's left the marketplace. Or it could mean that that's how long it must burn for, but there's no set time. So Tosos point out very interesting, Tosos, and this is um, that the re comes, um, he's the re porous says you must be careful for both of them. You must light at nightfall, because according to the first version, if you miss that first half an hour of nightfall, then it's too late to light. So he says you must be careful to light it as soon as it's nightfall. Um, However, misophake, if you didn't light then, then you can light later because of the second reason. The second reason has nothing to do with the time you're lighting. It just has to do with how long it has to burn for, for half an hour. So you can light anytime. The re comes along and he says very interestingly that nowadays that we light inside our houses, 
You can light any time during the night because it's got nothing to do with people walking outside. We light in our houses. There's no Pirsume Nisa, as we're going to see shortly down the page. Um, there's no Pirsume Nisa and uh, publicizing the miracle. And therefore, you can light any time during the night. There are more Paskins, and this is what we try to do. You should still light at the right time. But if you miss it, you have the whole night to light as long as you um, say... Uh, um, as long as there are people, some family or someone around. Okay, then carrying on. We said you can light your Hanukkah candles until everyone's left the marketplace. How late is that? So, till the Tarmadimes have left. The Tarmadimes was a nation or a group of people that used to um, collect wood and take it to the marketplace. Now, anyone would get home. At night, and realize, oh, I need new fuel. So they'd run back to the marketplace, and the Tarmadines would still be there with their wood. So that was their sales strategy, was to be remain after people got home and realized they don't have enough uh, fuel. You know how it is, you have that light in your house that's not uh, working. You only remember to replace it at night when it doesn't go on. So, so too, people get home, and they realize they need more fuel. So that's why the Tarmadines would linger in the marketplace. Okay, then it says, Ton Rabbonah means new point. How many Hanukkah candles do you have to light? So, Ton Rabbonah means Hanukkah Ner Ishul Beis. The mitzvah is to light one candle per person. The Mahadran would light one candle corresponding to each person in the family. So, if there are 10 people who stayed in the house, they would light 10 candles. If there are 5 people in the house, they'd light 5 candles. And this is each night. So again, the basic mitzvah is on each night you light one candle. The mahadran, those who want to do mitzvahs in the most beautiful way or who want to who have energy, who want to go after doing mitzvahs, they would light a candle corresponding to each person in the house. If you really, the ultimate way to do this mitzvah, Beishama say on the first day you light eight, decreasing each night. And Beis Hillel say, no, you start at one and each night you increase. There was an argument in, er- in Marov in the West, in Eretz Yisrael, between two Amoraim, what the reasons are. Rabbi Yosi bar Avin, Rabbi Yosi bar Zab, the Chad Omer Tamid Beis Shama Keneged Yomim Anich Nosim, but Tamid Beis Hilol Keneged Yomim Ayotzim. The one said the reason behind Beis Shama is he wants to light corresponding to the days that have been, sorry, the days that are coming, and Beis Hilol say no, you light corresponding to the days that have been. Again, this signifies the miracle because remember the miracle was they had enough oil for one day and it lasted eight. So a different way of viewing the miracle, but a yulat according to the number of days signifies a greater miracle. So that's uh, that's uh, what that answer is based on. Um, and the second answer, the time the base, um, yeah. Second reason, Vachad Omer, the other one said, time the base can get The reason of base is corresponding to the bulls on Sukkot. The bulls on Sukkot. There were 70 bulls offered over Sukkot. But on the first day of Sukkot, you would offer, I think it was 14, second day 13, third day 12, etc. So just as we do that on Sukkot, so too on Hanukkah, light going down. The time of Beis Hillel, the Malim HaKodesh, and we're reading, Beis Hillel have the reason of no, we go up in holiness and we don't go down in holiness. Okay. Omar. Yeah. Now there's a very interesting Machloikas, Rambam and Tosfos here. When we say, so the basic mitzvah is one candle each night of Hanukkah. The Mahadran is to light a candle corresponding to each person. So let's say there are 10 people in the house. 
On the first night, you light 10 candles. On the third night, you light 10 candles. And on the eighth night, you light 10 candles. That's a mahadran. And the mahadran, mina mahadran, okay, we follow Basilal. That's on the first night, you light one. On the second night, you light two. On the third night, you light three, etc. If you have, is that built on the previous answer or is that a new answer, a new way of doing it? I, if you have only, if you have 10 people in your family, on the first night, you light one. And on the second night, two. Or on the first night, do you light 10? And on the second night, 20, etc. Is it built on the one candle per person? Or is it a new standalone one? Rambam says it's built on one on the previous one. So on the first night, if there are 10 people in the household, you light 10 on the first night, 20 on the second night, etc. 80 on the last night. Tosla say no. Tosla say you want to have a clear recognition of how many days there are. That's the whole point of this. Is so you see how many days, and therefore you light on the first night. If you're doing Mahadra Mina Mahadra, no matter how many people in that household, you light one candle. On the second night, you light two candles. On the third night, you light three candles, etc. Even if there are 10 people, 20 people, however many people live in that household, um, you want the hacker. I'm not going to go into how we paskin, just because uh, of the time. There were two Rabbi Khan says the name of Rabbi Yochanan, there were two elders in Sidon, one practiced like Beishamai, either lighted going down, one practiced like Beishilo, lighting going up, and one gave his, the one who did like Beishamai gave his reason because like the bulls on Sukkot, and the other one who practiced like Beishilo said the reason is because we go up in holiness and we never go down. So if on the first night you lit one candle, you can never light less than one candle, and the second night you must light two, etc. Ton Rabbonon, we learned in a brace, you must put it on the entrance of your house just outside. Why is that? So that everyone walking past can see it. That's what we're trying to do. Publicize the miracle that Hashem did. If he was living in an attic, he must place it in the window nearer to the Rishus Harabim. And at a time of danger, he must place it on the table and that is sufficient. But Rabbi says he needs another candle. I, if it's a time that you can't light outside because it's dangerous, it will incite the goyim, etc., uh, et then you light inside your house. And Rabbi says if that's the case, you must light another candle. And to use its light either so that it's clear that, that, that those are the Hanukkah candles and this is the light you use. Also that even when you're just standing in that room and getting benefit from the light that is there, even though you're not actively reading, but there is light in the room. So you want another candle so that you're not getting benefit from it. If there's a fireplace, well then you don't need the other candle. Because the fireplace is providing the light and the Hanukkah candles are clearly for Hanukkah. But if you're Adam Choshev who never uses the light of a fireplace, if you're a fancy distinguished person, you always have to use candle light for your light. You use the fireplace to keep you warm. Then you would need another candle even if you already have a candle. Um, my Hanukkah. What is Hanukkah? Why do we have this miracle, this mix of lighting the Hanukkah candles? The Tonarabon, and then we learned in a price of the Kislev, you made the Hanukkah Timna Inun. On the 25th of Kislev, there were eight days of Hanukkah. 
You're not allowed to say eulogies or fast on them. Why? When the Greeks entered the Beis Amikdash, they defiled all the oil that was in there. And when when the Beis Chashmonai defeated the Greeks. They only found one jar of shall emon of oil. It had sorry. They found only one jar of oil with the kohen godel's uh, seal on it, and and there was only enough oil to last one day. It was a miracle. The Hidlik Mimenu Shmoina Yomim they lit it lasted for eight days. The, they discussed that it it would take them eight days to get new oil, new Tahar oil, and this oil that they had for one day lasted for eight days, and that's the miracle of lighting Hanukkah candles and celebrating for eight days. Rishona um, the next year they made it a Yom Tov for Halal and Adar. So just a few interesting points on this. Firstly, how much oil did they have? Well, they had for one day. So how many days of miracle was there? Only seven. So why do we keep Hanukkah for eight days? So actually, there, this is one of those questions that has hundreds of answers. Just uh, some of the answers. One answer is that they. Um, sorry, slip one. One answer. Oh, they divided the oil into eight portions and lit one eighth each night. So this, that, an eighth lasted the whole night was a great miracle. Another possibility is they saw that after each day the oil only went down one eighth. I it didn't go down the full amount and then burn, so it only burnt an eighth of the oil that it should have. So that was a miracle over every a miracle that lasted every day of the eight days. Um, okay, as I mentioned, there are a few other, um, there are many other reasons, explanations given to that to answer that question. Another interesting one is which the Gemara hasn't mentioned at all is that the, we do the seven days to celebrate the miracle of the oil and one day to celebrate the miracle of the military victory. We don't discuss it in the Gemara, but uh, it was the military victory, a small band of Jews defeating the mighty world power, the Greek army. So that's, uh, that's another answer. Then interesting, they made it a Yom Tov for Halal and Hadar. What does that mean? They didn't make it a Yom Tov like our Yom Tov that you're not allowed to do Malacha, etc. They made it a Yom Tov, a day's day set aside for praising and thanking Hashem. And that's what our, that's how we celebrate Hanukkah. We light Hanukkah candles to publicize the miracle. We say Halal to praise and thank Hashem. And uh, all your, around the days of Hanukkah, that's where the focus should be. Okay, we'll leave it there for today. Have a very good Shabbos. And, yeah, have a good Shabbos. Guess good Chonet. Sunday at 8.